Don't let your mind bully your body. June Tommaso Wood. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Earth Body, the podcast where wellness, spirituality, and environmentalism meet because they are all so incredibly connected. I am so excited to be here with you all today. I have some big announcements as well as a wonderful guest that I'm going to be interviewing, a dear friend. So the big announcement, for those of you who don't know, I am a holistic health coach, and I have just recently launched my first three-month online program called Food Freedom. I am so excited to share this because it has been a result of my own healing journey with food and binge eating disorder and loving myself. It is a three-month program completely online where you will be in an intimate online community receive one-on-one coaching, receive group coaching, and a lot of awesome other freebies that I will be sharing on my Facebook, on my Instagram, and on my website. So please stay tuned. If you would like to sign up, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at maya.h.carl at gmail.com. You can reach me on my website, mayacarlcoach.com. You can reach me on Instagram, which is gentle underscore health underscore journey, or on Facebook at Maya, Maya Carl or Gentle Health Journey. I would love to share more details about this with you, and I will at the end of the episode as well. But now I would like to jump into the interview. So I'm here with Claudia Dentico, a lovely young woman who I actually met through my partner who goes to a CrossFit gym with her. And he told me about her and I checked out her Instagram and instantly felt connected. She is so open and vulnerable about her own healing journey on Instagram and it is really inspiring. So many people seem to resonate with her and hear her. It's like she's pouring her heart out and sharing really what's going on inside, which I think is very absent on social media. Many people only see the highlight reel, the beautiful pictures, the smiles, the laughter, the success, but we don't hear a lot about the pain. And this, I think, is really what connects us. It reminds us of our humanity and how much of life is really difficult and a struggle, but also how much that difficulty brings us growth and beauty and honesty and brings us closer to ourselves. So welcome, Claudia. Thank you, Maya. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> that was so beautiful. And the way you put it, I haven't really heard it like that, or at least about myself. Mm, well, yeah, it's been it's been awesome to watch your journey and to really feel connected to it and to like keep up with you and see the ups and downs because we all feel that way. But I think that a lot of people are scared of being judged, which I'm sure you felt are scared of, you know, not being seen as these perfect people that we put ourselves out to be. Um, And it really, like I said before, it really brings us to our humanity. So I would love to invite you to share a little bit about your own journey. Um, And we have have similar journeys in a way, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So today is an interview, but it's also more of a conversation that we're going to have. The last time that we connected, we just started talking and it just went on a roll. It just like kept going and going and going. And there was so much good stuff in there that both of us want more people to hear and be aware of and to be a part of. So very excited to have this conversation with her today and be able to share it with you all. So welcome, Claudia. We'd love to hear your story. Thanks, Maya. Oh my goodness. Okay. 
Um, well, there's a lot of things. I, one thing that you just said that jumped out at me is how bringing, social, bringing um, the purpose of pain kind of and, and purpose um, for the negative things in our lives, putting that on social media instead of your highlight reel and how that um, humanizes us. I love that you use the word humanity because um, I think that's exactly what I try to do. And for a while, I started to do it without even thinking. Um, and that was just, I, I didn't even have a prerogative. Like I didn't know why I was doing it, but I was like, I need to share. Um, and I always journaled when I was growing up and I always wrote. Um, so I just did it on my phone, you know, and it, it was there, it was available right. to me. And I got a lot of backlash and I got a lot of like my family and my friends asking me, well, why are you sharing so much? It was uncomfortable for them. And I think I was sharing it because it was uncomfortable. And I don't know if I had, mm. if I had understood already that doing things that make you uncomfortable or the things that are going to help you grow. I might yes. have understood that without hearing that. And then as soon, and then I, I eventually heard that quote and was like, oh yeah, oh light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that really stuck out at me. So um, bringing humanity back to social media because even, even people in our field will still kind of negative speak about social media. And it's really easy to do that. It's really, I could even say like, yeah, social media is a horrible place. Look at what young kids are looking up to. Mm -hmm. But then I think about this field of health and wellness and these journeys that people are on and all the people that I follow and yourself, like bringing these beautiful, beautiful stories to life and letting people know it's okay to be who they are and be where they are. Um, I think that, I think that especially young kids need that. I think I, I would have needed that. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and then, yeah, you asked me to share my story. My story has a lot of components, uh, <laughs> so I don't even know where I would begin with that, but I guess on the subject of social media and how that kind of played into my journey. Your healing I, journey, my, yeah. Yeah, um, that's like a good place to start because the only, I think that I started on social media very much with, um, with the uh, body image aspect. Like right. trying to prove to myself that I didn't have to be this perfect person. And I started on, oh, what was it? Tumblr? Oh, yeah. I had a really, really bad Tumblr, Tumblr account. <laughs> it was like anorexia, like mm. that. Like, oh, what was that called? Like thinspo? Oh, God. I, uh, yeah, it was not good. It was not good. And that was when I realized, like, what what am I doing? I had to be, I had to have been 14 years old. So you mean like you were posting a lot of pictures of like very, very thin Yeah, and, people, I, wanted, right? and I wanted to be them. Right. Um, and it, I don't know where that came from at the time. I don't, I, I, it just was, like, that was where I went with my stress. Yeah. Um, and it might have been learned. Maybe that was something like, instead of watching, like, I didn't watch a lot of, like, alcohol being drank or, like, I didn't watch this or that. I watched, like, m- maybe my mom have a really hard time with diet culture Mm -hmm. so my brain went that direction right you were around it and society especially when we were younger claudia's around my age if not my age 22 22 okay i'm I'm 24 and when we were younger you know america's next top model was huge Mm -hmm. like thin thinness was what was in as it has been for so long and i feel like now the new body ideal is fit you know, yeah. is being super toned. Which can sometimes also be very difficult. Absolutely. Yes. And we can talk about that too. But I think that as we're growing up, the fit as well as being thick is coming back. This whole body positive movement is coming in and like everyone is realizing that, you know, 
if you are a bigger person, and this is something that I've had to come to terms with too, like if you're just built differently, you're never going to look like a model that's a size two. And that's okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We like screw with ourselves. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what kind of words. No, you can curse. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We do though. And you know what? It's so, I I grew up, um, a, a little background part of it is like I was super duper thin growing up. I was like underweight mm-hmm. and I would eat and eat and eat and never gain a pound. And like my, like the doctors were like, oh, well, what is it? Does she have anemia? Like what is wrong with her? Just, is she not eating? So I grew up with that. Like that, that was what I knew. And then as soon as I hit puberty and I started to develop autoimmune disease and um, just just the general timeline of like how that worked out. Like I gained maybe 10 pounds and thought that it was the end of the world. Wow. Thought that my world was like, I just didn't understand. And you grew up as a, as a gymnast, uh, a cheerleader, a cheerleader. So So you were also in this bubble of, Oh yeah. I had to wear the uniform and that definitely was something that messed with me, uh, especially in high school. Uh, and and like I said, like there's a lot of components to my story, so it's hard to talk about all of them. Um, but the body image thing definitely came from, yeah, all of my friends were cheerleaders. We were all wearing these uniforms and I never considered myself or a lot of people stereotypical cheerleader. Like I did it for the athletic, um, portion of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but I still, even though I didn't, I was never overweight and this is the silly part. I was never overweight, but I had such horrible body dysmorphia and just, I had no idea so even at the time that I was 108 pounds, I would not mm. just wear my uniform. I'd wear a jacket over it. My coach didn't understand. My, nobody, I shouldn't, it made no sense. Right. <laughs> there was no reason for, but even if I wasn't, even if I was heavier than 108 pounds, it, I still should have been fine with it. I wasn't though. But like that quote in the beginning, your mind was just bullying I the was shit a bully. out of your body. I was 100% a bully to myself. And I understood that. Uh, and I think... I was talking about this the past like couple of weeks I've been talking about this. I've always had the information. Like I always knew this is wrong. Right. I just didn't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And even now I struggle with my own like this is wrong. How do I like how do I go about fixing it? I have a lot of the information. I was always this happens a lot to type A like personalities, people who are perfectionists who, who need, need to fix. who need to fix, who need to know it all, um who always had the good grades or needed the good grades. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't have them, maybe I freaked out about it. I needed the good grades. Um I, I like to have the information. So it's not like I didn't know what I was doing. Like I right. knew and I was just letting it happen. I wasn't conscious enough to change it. I wasn't cultivating consciousness. I didn't have any um, mentors or people that were inspiring me to be conscious about it. All I saw was what the media was, you know, propelling towards me and what my friends, you know, diet culture and what I saw my mother doing and watching her do Weight Watchers, even though she was, th- she wasn't even, you know, like just watching right. that. Um, and that was what I learned and that was what I was just like, okay, well then I'll do it too. Me too then. Exactly. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And that's, I mean, and that what is like what you touched on before and saying that this is something like having this knowledge is something that we both needed when we were younger. Yeah. Like we, we knew that the way we were living wasn't okay. And what we were doing to ourselves wasn't okay on some level, on a subtle yes, level. Absolutely. But we were never taught about this. Like when no. I when I first learned about media literacy in college and like how to dissect an ad and like see what the demographic was and understand that it was retouched a million times and that no one actually looks like this. And I was like, holy shit, like what have I been chasing, you know? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't have a class like that. I wish I had taken a class like that. But I but I but I had known that. I had figured that out too. Mm-hmm. Um at some point I had figured that out and 
then all of my social media posts started to be like, this is, you know, I, I started with like, this is unapologetically me and this is my recovery process from my eating disorders. Um, I didn't realize until later on that it was also a huge amount of recovery from my parents' divorce and just uh, my eating disorders sort of blew up after that anyway. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I refused to accept that. Right. And I had gone to a therapist and she was like, so do you think this has anything to do with what's going on at home? And I'd be like, no, you have no idea. I was crazy. Um, totally. I, mean, I was being angsty in 16. Yeah. And we're, and I mean, having gone through something similar with my parents recently being mm -hmm. an adult, like I didn't want to admit that that was the reason that I was binge eating. Like it was yeah. just like, yep. I didn't, That's what it turned into I also didn't want to blame other people and other situations for what I was doing to myself. Yeah. You know what? It's language though. So it, you have mm. to change it from blame to just like, this is, this is what, this was your cause and effect. And this is something that you need that needs healing. It is screaming right. to be healed. Right. Um, and that's kind of my perspective on pain is like pain is actually beautiful to me because it's your mm. body signaling to itself. You're that is communication. That's internal communication. Um, I, I used to be called a hypochondriac growing up because I had um, diagnosed anxiety since I was seven. I had panic attacks wow. constantly. So I was at a therapist at seven years old trying to learn breathing techniques and whatever. And I thank my parents now because I don't think they did it on purpose, but I was never medicated. And I thank them now for that because I don't think now knowing like that I got through it, I don't think right. it's necessary. I still deal with my anxiety, but I have lots of um, tools. Lots of tools, exactly. And resources. Yes. Um, but... I learned that, well, first I learned that hypochondriac, that word actually means um, from the gut. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, because of all of my GI problems. Um, so that was one thing. But I also like, kind of like was like, okay, I always hated that word. I hated being called that. Because I was like, I'm not a dramatic person. Mm -hmm. I just felt in touch. Like I was always just felt very hyper aware right. of every little feeling and, and every little different kind of dip that my energy took. Um, I just felt hyper, hyper aware, and now I think of it as um, internal communication. Yeah, your gut was and I think like, that's really hey, cool. pay attention to me. Yeah. Like, things are going on. It, it needed to happen, and, and it that, that kind of um, came about in all sorts of different ways. And um, I had a journey where when I was 12, I was diagnosed with um, gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is just an acid reflux issue. Um, it's very common. It shouldn't be so common. It's just what standard do American diet, diet yeah. does to people. Um, so I had that, and then between 12 and 18, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, but they weren't sure, so it was always like, oh, you have gastritis, or you're lactose intolerant, maybe it's celiac. It was a very confusing time, a very confusing couple of years. I was constantly, constantly online looking up different things to do. So paleo diet, this, that, and the other thing that helped me, um, but every single strict diet led me further into my eating disorder tendencies. Right. So it never quite, like I never found a healing spot. I was constantly stressed out. My hair started to fall out. I started to have hormone problems. By 19, I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I was just like falling apart, but trying to put it all together right. all at the same time. And that was very, very difficult um, after the fact learning that all of that like all of that over and like that overstimulating information kind of stuff wasn't really helping it yeah. was, I, I I had I had to learn in my college years that it was more about so I've been like entering the spiritual journey mm -hmm. where I need to be kinder to myself and and it's not a race to the finish and there is no there's no finish there is no fit yeah there's <laughs> like, like that yeah that 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 lesson that lesson hit me in the face that um I see this a lot in people that I know and like relationships that I have now. This um, this 
perspective of if I get here, that's it, I'll be happy. Right. Oh my God, does that not exist? And like people, like, ah, it didn't, that didn't occur to me for a long time. And when that occurred to me, that was a huge shift. Hell yeah. Huge shift. Hell yeah, because then then the things that we're doing every day that we're killing ourselves over or that we're not enjoying to get to this place just kind of fall away because we're not like like we were talking about before we even started the interview like like you you're giving your body a break you're resting you're listening to your energy levels because you're not trying to get to this place of you know perfect body or whatever like you may have felt like five Uh years ago you know and it's just like oh, I can be in the moment. I can be with myself. I can sleep in and like be okay with myself and not like think that I'm losing the game. Yeah, losing the game. I like that. Yeah, that's how I felt. I always felt like I was just a step behind. And I I think I still still have to, you know, reach into my toolbox and kind of like fend off those thoughts. That's also a never-ending game. It's a never-ending game because (laughs) you're even in, now even in the realm of like wellness and now Mm -hmm. post-college graduation, I'm like, well what's next for me and, and and how do I how do I establish myself here and all these different questions flow right. through your mind and you, and you never not really you never don't really feel that um, but you can certainly work with it and I think that a lot of my journey with eating disorders with autoimmune with gastro problems like all of it I've learned that there's no like you're not looking for a cure necessarily you're looking how to you're looking for your toolbox you're looking how to manage those things right so I often tell people like people are like oh you have Crohn's disease that's like that's horrible and and um, what medicine are you taking and I'm like oh no no no, no. like I just use diet and lifestyle and um, I manage it you know it's in remission and I'm fine mm-hmm. and they often are like what what, like, what <laughs> are you talking about yeah and that's I mean I think that is the challenge of our society as a whole and I was who was I talking about this with the other day? I don't remember, but that were, I was, it was actually on my last podcast interview. I was um, interviewing a homeopath and we were just talking about how, you know, everyone's health journey has to be this gentle health journey. Like what I, what I talk about because we are so, especially I feel like the generation above us, like with when diet culture was really huge and all these different diets came out Everyone is looking for this overnight fix because they are not willing to do the work. They're not willing to change their lifestyle. They're not willing to change their diet and to understand it because they're so used to what they know. But I feel like our generation is bringing in this new paradigm and realizing that the way that our parents have been doing what they've been doing and like, you know, generations is just not working anymore. Like something has to fucking give. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I could talk at length about how I feel about all of that well at length because uh i i'll I'll get into like it's a conspiracy and they did it on purpose and we're all sick to keep it like people rich and all of that i totally am on that crazy side of life Mm -hmm. i you know what i think i say it like that because i'm trying to make excuses for it but i i do believe in it and um i because because i don't think i needed to get sick and i get the question of genetics right all the time in i and i firmly believe that yeah I think that certain things have genetic components and I think some some diseases are fully genetic and I understand that I'm not discrediting that it's not your destiny though I don't think Crohn's disease was a gene that needed to be turned on Mm. and I think that my environment turned that gene on I think because I grew up on mint chocolate chip ice cream and Cheez-Its is why that you know what I mean like that's why (laughs) and I don't and I don't again like we talked about this before I don't blame 
Like, I don't have a... I don't blame my parents. They did not know any better. Exactly. My parents didn't know that giving me Top Ramen every day after school and taking me to McDonald's was going <laughs> to, you know, yeah. was going to make me depressed they had in no idea. 15 years. Yeah. And, and that's... Oh, I had a talk recently. I was... I didn't even tell you this. I was on a, I was on a radio show because my friend... Um, does a radio show where she does like an hour of this health talk. Uh, I don't even remember the station it was on. That's terrible. But um, (laughs) it's okay. But I, and I was terrified to do it, but I was like, she was like, we need to talk about eating disorders. And you're like, you're, you definitely know what you're talking about. So I was like, okay, I'll do this. And we were talking about it and it just talking about what other people in your life can do. And I, and it brought me back to like when I was going through the worst of my shit, um, you know, my family wasn't necessarily supportive and it wasn't because they're bad people. They just didn't know what the hell was going on. So I often felt selfish and mm. felt like they thought I was being selfish because I was eating. Now I was eating different meals than them. I wasn't eating at family dinner. I was cooking my own meals. I was begging my mom to buy me juice cleanses. Whether that was right or not, I was constantly looking for a fix. I was constantly looking right. for like, how is health going to help me right now? Um, and it looked bad for a while. Like they were like, why won't you just do this the conventional way? Why are you? And and I was angry. So I was constantly having mental breakdowns, punching walls. I was angry at the world. Like, why was I going, why is this happening to me? You know? Um, now I don't question that. Now I love why it happened to, I, I love that it happened to me. I love where I am now and I see it as a blessing, but that took time. Hell yeah. A lot of time and a lot of healing. And now like my family you know, having grown out of one, like that was also the midst of my family falling apart. Um, so that was one thing that needed to heal. But now like I have a brother and a sister, 20 and 18, 21 and 18, sorry, who, you know, text me on a weekly basis about like, oh, should I be taking, you know, mushrooms? Should I be doing like asking me about their own health and eating the way that I like healed myself because they saw that it worked. And I had my brother kind of apologize to me and say, thank you so much because I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for you dealing with your shit. He goes, you're a founding father. (laughs) That's what he said to me. (laughs) He was like, I'm so sorry. We all laughed at you and you figured it out. And he like kind of, and that was a big healing moment for me. And I kind of cried and it was super sappy and it wasn't meant to be super sappy, but he said that to me and it meant everything. Absolutely. Cause that Um, our, that's where the light comes out of our darkness. Yeah. And when we're able to like reverberate that out, like, I just literally said this to my client right before this, but the most powerful work that you can do in this world is taking care of and working on yourself. Yes. That's it. Because yes. then people around you see what's going on and then it, it just keeps growing. Yeah. Can I get heavy for a second? Go. Do you mind? Go. I don't want this to be like not good for the people listening. Get heavy. heavy. Okay, I'm going to get heavy. The, <laughs> the worst, the worst, the worst of it. Like when I was deepest in my shit, I did not want to live this life anymore. And that's where I was. And my family was like, well, why? Like, didn't understand. Who's going to understand that? Nobody understands that. And I I get that. And that's fine. Um, And I said it from the beginning. I would say to them, because I'm not living life for me. Mm. I'd I'd say, like, you don't understand. The only reason I'm here is for you. And I'd say it over and over again. That was always what I responded with. And, you know, I thought that that was right. I thought that that was like, oh, you're such a good person that you only want to live to make other people happy. Mm. Well, that was not true. Um, so now, like, my my, gener- my my daily kind of goal is to, like, find my why. Like, I need, I need it to be for me. Because if right. it's not for me, then I, I feel purposeless. Um, it can't be, you know, just for other people. However, if I am taking care of myself, then I am well equipped to help other people. Mm-hmm. So that's the beautiful part of it. 
And that's what I, that's why I was constantly feeling selfish. It wasn't selfishness. And I think selfish is like a word that needs to go away. (laughs) I don't like that word. And I think language is powerful. I think that word needs to go away. I think self-care is a necessity. It's an absolute. Totally. And so I, um, I don't know if you follow them, but uh, this really amazing Ayurvedic author, Sahara Rose, and this, oh, I do. yeah, and this shaman, um, Shaman Durek, they did, they just created this Awaken Your Powers Masterclass, and I did it, and one thing resonated so deeply with me is they redefine being full of yourself. So you hear um, that, like, oh, you're so full of yourself, yeah. you know, and usually that's said by people who are uncomfortable with how in your power you are yeah so you have to be full of yourself literally you have to fill yourself up with you because if you're if you're empty if you're void you're letting other people fill you up with their shit their projections their fears well that's when i feel the most yeah i when i speak about being empathic and all of that you're totally an empath and i am too just i just it I take everybody's shit and I just like, yeah, I do exactly that. I do yeah. exactly that and I become their stress. So when we when we make room for ourselves, when we're able to literally fill ourselves up, my dad said this really beautifully the other day when I was talking about, you know, the empowerment that I felt recently with my decisions is that you have to source yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be, yeah, like you have to be your source of happiness, your source of love, your source of motivation and that's really difficult for people because a lot of people don't trust themselves. A lot of people aren't comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from <laughs> circling back to what we were talking about before is this comparison, this judgment, what we're seeing going on around us and uh-huh. the way we perceive social media and just other people's lives and not seeing the whole spectrum of like, it takes work. Yes. Daily, daily practice. Daily practice. It's my from, favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it is. Like I teach meditation and I tell people every day, like you can come to this class once a week, but if you're not practicing at home, like you're not going to continue to move forward at a, at a consistent yes. pace. Yes. I'm a fan of ritual. I'm a fan of routine and of practice and all of that. And I've always had a good work ethic. So that made this, like that part of it okay. But I don't like sometimes, I'll, like I'll give a good example. Um, I deal with things like I, I get very, um, what's the word? Like on a spectrum of how I deal with stress, I deal with stress by doing more, which mm. isn't always okay, which isn't always a good thing, but I've right. always had work ethic. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some people- Instead of like shutting down. Yeah, some yeah. people and are on the other side of the spectrum and like scientifically, like I guess like I'm super sympathetic, <laughs> sympathetic, fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And some people are super parasympathetic, super like rest, I'm going to shut down, yep. I'm going to rest. And neither of those things, you don't want to be on either end of that spectrum. Yeah. Um, I think I see more often than not, people are in this fight or flight constantly. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to stimulate that parasympathetic, but that doesn't mean that I want to be so parasympathetic that I can't get out of bed. Right. Which is something we t- were talking about earlier. But yeah. um, so there's like that spectrum of how you deal with things. And if you're not, if you're not every single day, I don't know, like, I, like for me, it's journaling, like, right. like writing down, like exactly like how you're feeling this morning and how can I take care of myself today like what is one thing I can do today to take care of myself and you don't have to write it down if you're somebody who can do this in your mind good for you I need to write it down it it's needs good to be to in see front it on of paper. Me. Yeah. yeah um so this really helps me like what can one thing that I can do today and the other thing that I think is really important that I a recent journal of mine has is did you connect with somebody today mm. I think that that I I have relationships in my life like uh people that I love that I see haven't figured that part out 
Um, right. They're so, it's good. Like I can do this by myself. Like I'm, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind. I'm going to get to, to the top by myself. And I'm like, you shouldn't be by yourself. And you're so lovable and you're a great person. So would you just let people in, please? Right. So no, it's not seriously. easy, but you have to, it's, but it's a practice. No matter where you are, you don't have to be just like me. You don't have to be like constantly, um, I need to do more, do more, do more. But you do need to understand that wherever you are, you can practice getting out of that and becoming more, you know, centered in yourself. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And we're, humans are built to be in community. Even if you're an introverted person, which yes. like I consider myself, oh, what is it? post the other day an ambivert I learned this new word it's like that you're you love being with people but you also need quiet time and to restore and rejuvenate I think quiet time everybody I think uh, I guess I don't when I say you need to connect with people I do not mean to not have quiet time because if you don't have quiet time with yourself then when are you having these reflective moments when are you setting your intentions you're not and that's what I call and this is I don't mean this to be um offensive but when I see people just going through the motions mm-hmm. I, I I consider that not like unconscious living like I right. see these people and I and get caught and in I just routines. don't like I'm like how how are you not having like sparks almost like these light bulbs of like oh well I need like oh, I don't even know how to explain that well no My whole I, life I felt that way right right like it's just everything's kind of happening around you but you're not really engaging with it yeah and um yeah, like I even have friends now, like, and I, I don't want this to sound boastful because it's not a brag, but like I've had friends now who have like will come to me and be like, I'm freaking out, and this is the first time I've ever felt this way, and like, this is not nice, but it's I don't mean it in a not nice way, but I'm like, oh, you're having your first like existential crisis, which is good. I've been having existential crises since I was like six. Yeah, you know, like I've I've felt that for so long and and dealt with that for so long. And I don't think that makes me better than anybody, but I definitely feel equipped. Like I have my toolbox and I can reach into my toolbox and I can deal with those feelings. And some people don't have that until they're 22 or until they're 45. That's a midlife crisis. You know what I mean? Like until they're, some people just don't have them yet and that's fine. But like, that's where I'm like, okay, well we need, this is your conscious switch. And now we need to actually like build a toolbox there. Mm-hmm. Just like you're going to build anything else in your home or build anything. Like you need build to any have kind of foundation. skills, mm-hmm. a foundation. Yeah, that's what that's what my partner always says. Whenever, whenever I was having a mental breakdown last year when I was really in the thick of the eating disorder and the and the depression and everything shifting and changing, he was like, "Right now you're building a foundation. Like you're building the foundation for the house." And like a year later, you know, I'm like, fuck, like, yeah, I was like, and now I'm like putting it out there and like putting myself out there and feel free to share what's going on. But it really does take that. And I think that both of us have experienced the blessing and the curse of being an empath, which is that, you know, since we've been little, you know, we, and I'm sure many of you out there can relate to this. If you haven't heard the word empath or being empathic before, it means that you really deeply feel things around you your environment the people like everything energy and having that at a young age is really 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 difficult and growing up with that is really 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 difficult because growing up in a society of people who are very numb and are taught to protect themselves we're kind of this open channel that receives all of this and when you're young and you're not taught about this it's very hard to protect yourself in that way and not to I don't say protect as like putting up walls and like yes. not letting people in, but protecting yourself from the energy that's going on around you. And I think that that we have this blessing. Like I'm like you, like I have people come to me all the time and be like, I don't know what the heck to do. Like what's going on? Like I'm feeling all these feelings. And it's because 
people aren't taught how to deal with their feelings. Like mm-hmm. I tell every single person, I've been going to therapy since I was like nine and it's because I just had all these feelings that I didn't know what to do with. They were like making me sick. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't in touch with that and don't have the resources for it. Right. But when we are able to and we're taught how to see these feelings, own these feelings and do something with them and transmute them into something productive, it like totally changes your perspective and your outlook Absolutely. on life. That, that, yeah, that brought so many things to mind. Like the first thing that I thought of when you said that um, is like, even when I was young, like, and I like wouldn't understand, like I, I would, I would go to my mom. So like my whole family would kind of have these big life conversations and we still do. And it's, it's very, I, I, I've always thought of it as a little bit different. We're very like, we're very like we assess everything like we Mm -hmm. talk about everything at like at in depth and it's interesting um we like to pick things apart and I guess like we're everybody in my family is a little bit alike in that way so when I was young this might not be a good thing to say to a kid but it is like so where I was at I was like 10 11 12 years old asking my mom why are these girls so like you know uh, for, for me, I'd say, why are they so pretty and so happy? And like, how come they don't seem like they're stressed out about anything? Like, why are they like this? Like, how come nothing? And, and my mom would say, you know, ignorance is bliss. The more you know, the, the, the harder it gets. And we were, and we were smart. We, my, me and my brother yeah. and sister were smart kids. And I would just be like, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm just, I know so much. And like, that's not like, I didn't think I knew like everything, but I would be like, oh, okay. I see. Totally. And, um, and I carried that with me for a long time where I'd be like, oh, well, the more you know, like, the sadder it gets. Like, this is hard. Right. <laughs> and that wasn't necessarily a good thing, but it definitely brought perspective at a young age. Absolutely. But also the, like, I think something that we don't realize that I'm sure that you've realized too on this journey is that, like, there is a lot of deep sadness. But being an empath, we're able to feel, like, super, super deep sadness, but we're also able to feel, like the highest yeah. elation i'd like, be like mom am i bipolar i was not bipolar but, no but you but just you feel. feel the whole the wide spectrum mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing and it's also confusing and scary and yeah. beautiful and as as you also know and as many people know who are listening and who are on their own healing journeys that once you start tapping into what's really going on and once you open up that that We've been saying box a lot, so I don't want to use that analogy. But once you open up that that can of worms of healing, of like starting that journey, it it is difficult. It's yeah. very difficult to remove that ignorance, to remove that numbing, to remove that unwillingness to change and to be open to it and to move through it and with it and feel everything that comes along with it. Yeah. And know that it's okay. And And like, just in case anybody's listening and they're like, okay, like, so we're talking about like, opening that can of worms and just doing it but like how like what like how and just as like an example like I've seen people get like their guard isn't even something that like is common so like a common guard to healing could be like alcohol consumption or it could be isolating yourself and playing video games all day but I've even seen yes any kind of substance yes any type of like food which is what what both of our crutch was there's crutches like that and then there's crutches that have like much lesser significance to the general public but they're still crutches like I've seen people get stuck in perspectives because they just refuse to read a 
book. Like, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I see people get stuck in perspectives, um, and I'm not going to, like, uh, this is not some, like, I don't want to give a super specific example, but say that you're on, like, one side of a political spectrum mm-hmm. or something like that, and you refuse to read the other side. Right. Um, and it doesn't, like, it doesn't make you a bad person to do that. It just makes you more well-rounded. And I don't, and I don't, I'm not even a political person, but. Yeah. Like that, I see that often. Oh yeah, and that like especially just, in our area. Yeah, it, <laughs> yes. Well, there's such like a complete like one side or the other. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like that's somewhere I see it, or like I see, you know, diet culture is difficult to reverse, but like with with young kids and adults alike, just like getting them to understand, like it's not a diet. Like stop mm-hmm. thinking of things in diets. Like you're just the word diet is your block right now. Yeah, you and know, which is crazy because. Something that I've really analyzed for myself is that we're all, we all have a diet. What we eat every day is our diet. Yeah. But it's turned into this kind of diet. So like, it's like dieting is what is the problem is, Mm -hmm. is modifying what your body naturally needs and wants to this idea of what is going to make you happy and thin and fit. A a great idea. We should come up with our own dictionary. There we go. Because language (laughs) is crazy. I think language is is a lot of this. You said something before. You said um, about about, about people putting walls up and protecting Mm -hmm. or or protecting in a a different sense. Right. Um, Like self-preserving rather than boundaries. And I've been um, doing a lot of research just on... um, I do. I mean everything, but with 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 <laughs> with um, autoimmune disease specifically, eating disorders, um, injuries. Because I have a back injury, so I'm I'm very much in, and I also just graduated with an exercise science degree, and I coach. Mm-hmm. So the the human body is very interesting to me, and a lot of the time, I think it's our brains and just our perception of our where we are. So sometimes I'll like move. And I'll expect it to hurt. So my body goes into protect mode. Mm. I don't feel safe. So the more that we can cultivate um, believing that we are safe in our bodies, I think that that can actually, and this sounds crazy, and I don't think it's crazy. I think that our brains are so powerful, can actually eliminate or manage or or, or remiss some diseases Mm -hmm. and and some chronic injuries or some chronic ailments, um, especially when it comes to like joint pain. Because for me... I think joint pain is something that increases a lot when I'm not eating well, when right. I'm eating inflammatory foods, right. um, and I have a really bad problem with my sacrum and inflammation and my SI joints and inflammation. But when I when I, I, I I've meditated before movement and like used oils like my adrenal oil that I showed mm-hmm. you, I use oil blends. And when I tell myself you are safe and I go and do that movement that I thought would hurt, like I hinge, like a hip hinge, mm-hmm. then it doesn't hurt. And I, and I was talking to your boyfriend about this at the gym. He was like, how's your back? And I was like, you know what? I'm just really trying to tell myself I'm safe right now. Right. And it's working. And it's and, and I'm having a really okay time with it. Um, and it That's doesn't, awesome. it's like, you know, I wasn't doing like, not that PT is bad, but I, I, I've, I've, I've actually found a lot of comfort in some of my physical therapy as well. But like, I'm not just doing PT movements to activate the right muscles. I'm, all, I'm, I'm actually actively working on being safe, mm. you know? And that's not something that we, I don't think a lot of people feel safe in their own bodies. And you can turn against your body very quickly when you think your body's turning against you. I was actually talking to a client about this just before I saw you and someone who has put herself in dangerous situations and she's gotten hurt like physically and emotionally and, and sexually. And it's like, that was a big thing for me, especially recovering from the eating disorder is that I would 
feel very unsafe in my body because I because part of me was making these decisions to binge. Yes. You know, part of me I've was like there. walking to the pantry, grabbing five things and like shoving them in my mouth, knowing that it's manic. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that I wasn't going to feel good, knowing that I was going to feel like shit later, knowing that I was going to be angry at myself and feel guilty and shame and all of these things. And I was like, how do I? And I would even I would journal in the beginning of the day and be like, the one thing I'm going to do is I'm not going to binge eat today or I'm not going to eat that. And then by the end of the day, I would come home and I'd look at that and I'd be like, wow, I ate so much today. Yeah. Like, and I was like, how do I trust myself when this is happening? And I mean, the intuitive eating helped a lot with that and yes. has helped a lot with that. But it's the mind plays such a big role. And I think that we should do a whole nother podcast on this because I feel like we could talk yeah, even could more talk about this. Yeah, I could talk at length about um, binge eating, even just just that topic. <laughs> because yeah. even what you just said, like, brings me, I can feel those emotions again. Yeah, they're so, like, you you go on autopilot. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, even even with other addictions, can understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and, and I get, I get, like, really fired up because, like, it's not really considered like people don't put binge eating in the same category as some of those anorexia things. or bulimia um, or things like that. But and even addiction, or addiction, yeah. Like food addiction is one or sugar addiction or whatever you want to call it. Like and and again, labels kind of, you know, I don't really, I almost like push them to the side because right. like I don't I don't like defining myself or certain things. Mm-hmm. But I think that all of those come from the same kind of neurotransmitter, like yeah. hormone imbalance. Like I think that they all come from the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like I remember getting really upset because I didn't feel heard when I was, you know, I, I went from restrictive eating to, um, bulimia to binge eating disorder in a very quick fashion. Mm-hmm. And when it ended up being binge eating disorder, I, I just was so ashamed, like nobody could possibly understand this. And right. I, I can't even voice that it is an addiction because it would be laughed at because food addiction, ha ha ha. Like that would be made fun of everyone, in my brain. Yeah, totally. And everyone jokes about that. And, and it's be, I think it's because so many people, are addicted to food in a way that... They don't even know it. Yeah, yeah, and they don't even know. And it's the trickiest thing for me about it, and I actually I actually think we should do a whole other podcast on this. Um, seriously, because like it's there's so much to it, you yeah. know. But was because unlike other substances, like sex and drugs and alcohol and, you know, whatever, you have to eat yes. every oh, day. Yes, <laughs> oh, I used to say that all the time. You can't abstain yeah. from food. yeah. You, you can't, cannot. You can't turn it off. You can't like. It's something that you need every day. Like I used to say that. I was sixteen, crazy. saying yes, yes. I used to say that to my mom. I would, I would get upset, and I'd be like, "But you don't understand. Like, how can I not binge if I have to eat, and it triggers it? And I would freak out." Yeah. Yeah, we could do a whole other. Yeah, because yeah, I, I yeah. think we should. I think we should. <laughs> I think that's that's been decided because we're getting, we're getting into it. All right, so we talked about a lot. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, and I know that we've just kind of skimmed the surface, and I think we should definitely do more around this. <laughs> I know, but I'm like my brain is racing. <laughs> I know, but getting into to body image and getting into empathy and getting into all these things, I think are really helpful, and I'm really happy that we were able to share this with you all, whoever's tuning in, because it it's it's so much more commonplace than mm-hmm. we give it credit for because people just don't talk about it they think that I remember how alone I felt when I was going through it even when I was seeing things about it and knowing that I wasn't right it was just and there was oh there's even more I want to touch like on I totally understand um but it's it's really incredible what happens when we open up and we share and we're vulnerable because that's really where our power lies in our vulnerability is like the absence of the ego 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the absence of the ego and it's also like, it's also just being in your truth. And that's what really helps us align to source, spirit, God, the divine, whatever you want to call that power that is larger than us. It helps us really connect and ground and center and move forward in our lives because we're being honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. and with others, which is super cool. So thank you so much, darling. Thank this has you. been so lovely. We're uh, definitely yeah. gonna do another one. Okay. For sure. Just on just on binge eating and like intuitive eating and yeah. and our recovery and stuff like that. Cause I think that a lot of people are gonna be able to relate and get help from from our own journeys. And that's really the beauty of being able to share on social media and to create podcasts like this because many people feel alone mm-hmm. and they don't have to. Yeah, We don't absolutely. have to, like you said before, you don't have to do this no, alone. No, you do not. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Knock. Exactly. We're here. <laughs> exactly. Any final thoughts you want to share? Um, no, this was very exciting for me. I'm just starting to kind of be, I don't know, open with speaking. I've, I'm so used to writing. Right. This is very, very new to me. Um, and I'm enjoying it a lot, and I'm I'm trying to filter my thoughts a little bit because my brain. Do you see me? Like I go like crazy in like, eight different directions. You. But that's what happens when you're passionate about something, and when you have so much life experience about it, it's like I just want to get it out there. You yeah. Know? Like it's been spinning in our heads for so long that like that's why I created this platform is because there's only so much I can type on Instagram. There's only so much you know you can write on a blog. But when you're able to speak, and when people hear your your truth and your passion and yeah. your like love behind it. Mm-hmm. It really, it really changes the game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, if you don't love what you do, they shouldn't be doing it. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And I do, and I, I don't even do anything yet. You know, like, I'm just like, right now, I don't even know what to consider myself. I'm somebody that just way, wants though. people to hear me. I, I just want to, I just want to speak to people. Um, and that's fine for now. You know, I'm okay <laughs> with that for now. Uh, I and definitely look where you've ended up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking. You're speaking to people. I definitely think that, yeah, we skimmed the surface and we should, uh, I, I know that we're capable of providing very, like, re- resourceful and, like, categorized information, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anybody has any, like, questions or wants Absolutely. anything how, specific. So that's what I wanted to ask you, too. How can people contact you or, yeah, or find through, you? Or... Uh, well, I don't, my, just mostly my Instagram for now. I don't have, like, a Facebook that's, oh, that's Which, live. What's your Instagram handle? Ha, ha, ha. I just changed it. I don't remember what Because <laughs> I'm trying to decide. I don't know. My mom didn't like what I changed it to. It's literally my name with an underscore. Claudia Dentico underscore. How do you spell it? Just spell it. C L A U D I A D E N T I C O underscore. I'll put this in the in the notes for this podcast as yeah. well, so you can check her um, out. She's really amazing. And that spelling is the same. My email is Claudia at Dentico.net. And I'm probably gonna keep that email forever because it's super easy. Totally. So um that yeah. works too. So if you want to reach Claudia or me to talk about anything that we have talked about today, please feel free to reach out. Yes. And I just wanted to give another little reminder, if you've listened all the way through, which I hope you have, about my newly launched three-month program, Food Freedom, that is starting officially October 1st, 2018. Um, it's going to be super exciting. I am opening it up to 15 women. I already have a couple signups. People are filling up quick so reserve your spot get in this awesome intimate online community where you will have ample one-on-one coaching group coaching you'll get a download of my ebook on meditation 
Um, if you sign up before f September 15th, you'll get an additional session with me as well as other freebies that I'm working on right now. So if you need to reach me, mayacarlcoach.com, maya.h.carl at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at gentle underscore health underscore journey or on Facebook at Maya Carl or Gentle Health Journey. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got something out of this absolutely wonderful conversation that we just had. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, week, life. <laughs> Take care, everyone.